Welcome to the Catholic Connect Podcast. I'm your host, David Scubin. This is a podcast for all Catholics and people of goodwill who strive to live in the world, but not be of the world. First and foremost, we need to be disciples of Jesus ourselves. And then we go forth and make disciples of all nations, just as our Lord commanded. Through a series of timely topics and great guests, we will take that long and narrow journey to heaven together, encouraging each other in faith and virtue along the way. So let's get started. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Well, thank you for listening to the Catholic Connect podcast on another beautiful day that the Lord has made. Quote, at the evening of life, we shall be judged on our love. End quote. The words of the great doctor of the church and patron saint of detachment, St. John of the Cross. And I'll invite you to listen to episode number 34 of the podcast, where we give a very brief snapshot of the life of St. John of the Cross. And uh, he is indeed the the patron saint of detachment. And we can use a lot of lessons on detachment nowadays, can't we? What a crazy world we live in. And uh, one that uh, will only be remedied by Jesus Christ, no doubt. Well, if you're a high information Catholic, you'll know that the feast days of All Souls Day and All Saints Day is, is November 1st and November 2nd. And of course, the one day that the secular world recognizes as Halloween and what Christians refer to as All Hallows Eve or All Saints Eve. Well, that's coming up here as we record this particular podcast. And those three days between October 31st and November 2nd are also referred to as All Hallowtide. So remember when you're handing out candy or out in the neighborhood doing some innocent trick-or-treating, which is good, clean fun for kids, you are right at the start of a sacred tradition of the church to remember and pray for the souls in purgatory, which is the church suffering. And on November 2nd, we celebrate the church triumphant. Those are the people, the souls that are in heaven right now. And that is what we're all aspiring to. And remember one day the church suffering in purgatory and the church militant, which is us, the church that's on earth, that's still battling the spiritual battle and on the road to eternal life. Well, we're no longer going to exist because we will all be part of the church triumphant in heaven on a day that is coming a lot sooner than you expect. The four last things is not something that we want to address and meditate on very often. I know I, it kind of, it makes me a little bit, uh, a little anxious, even a little bit scared. And, and uh, there's a, a really good reason for that. But there is a reason why it's a good practice in the church uh, to meditate on the four last things. And of course, those are death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And this is the time of the liturgical year that we pay very special heed to this reality that's going to happen to each and every one of us. You know, sometimes this time of year, October 31st, we talk about scary things at Halloween. And those are things that I'm not uh, particularly interested in or fascinated with. And, you know, when you're an adult or a child, there's no reason why you should dress up in a macabre type costume, you know, dressing as a zombie or a vampire or even worse. And I think this is the worst of all is when we see people mocking the ministry of the Catholic Church and seeing people dress in suggestive costumes of nuns and priests, particularly the latter, you know, you have to call that garbage out. You've got to call um, mocking things that are holy and offensive to God. And, you know, that should be offensive to us as well. 
Who here doesn't love seeing a priest or a nun wearing their religious habit in public? You know, on a rare occasion that you do, and the situation is appropriate, make sure you say hello and thank them for their public example of our faith and tell them you're praying for them. I know I've seen some nuns in airports, sometimes even at the zoo, and uh, I've always gone up to them and and said hello, and um, they're always very receptive and always like to have a chat about our faith, which is really, really neat, I think. Now, remember, too, we talked about sacramentals with a small s uh, a couple episodes ago. And remember that a nun's habit and a priest's cassock or a clerical suit, those are sacramentals as well with that lowercase s. And uh, we went over those sacramentals in that previous episode, and I invite you to listen to that. And uh, But just as a reminder, sacramentals are sacred signs instituted by the church that prepare us to receive grace, especially from the sacraments. So this is why we need to pray for nuns and priests to remember that the way they present themselves, even in the way they dress, is a sign of holiness and the power of God who has chosen them in a special vocation that is meant to be a powerful tool of grace for them and for all the people of God. And we as the people of God need to protect and defend our priests and religious from the attacks of this world. You know, I always think of the earthly sacrifice of our priests and religious in favor of the rewards in the life to come. I often think of the Carmelite order. They have a small monastery just outside of Edmonton that we visited a few years ago with uh, with our kids, a part of our schooling group. And uh, it was such a fascinating visit to see how they live their life and what a gift they are to our church. And uh, their prayers, um, they don't go in vain. They go a long way to helping us in our daily lives. And unfortunately, a lot of us don't even recognize that. But um, that monastic life, that is uh, still a huge part of our church. So I want to read this passage from the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 10, verse 23 through 31. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many that are first will be last, and the last first. And the words from the Gospel of Mark and from our Lord. So keep those costumes modest and innocent. And if you want to be a true witness of the Gospel, get your kids to dress as saints or angels. You know, it should be a no-brainer, I think, for those who attend Catholic schools. In fact, there should be a day of festival and candy at all Catholic schools on November 1st where kids can celebrate their Catholic faith in an extraordinary way, and I guarantee they'll look forward to the true spirit of All Hallow Tide, and we can instill in them the significance of the connection between the members of the church in this way. 
I know that sometimes we talk about fear very flippantly as we mature in our faith. You start to realize that the zombies and the freakish clowns that are so frequently featured in films and television are the result of the biggest thing that we should fear in the world. And that, of course, is sin. We've said this quote a few times in the podcast, but St. Charles Borromeo said, quote, fear the plague of the soul over the contagion of the body. And uh, he would know best after his heroic efforts against an actual plague in Milan, Italy, back in the 16th century. And here comes another powerful insight from St. Alphonsus Liguori. We need to pay attention to the wisdom of those who have gone before us, these, these saints, these, uh, these megastars like I call them in our church. Quote, in the great deluge of the days of Noah, nearly all making perished, eight persons alone being saved in the ark. In our days, a deluge, not of water, but of sins. Very few escape. Scarcely anyone is saved. End quote. Now, St. Alphonsus lived back in the 18th century, so no TV, no internet. The, um, the same avenues of temptation just weren't available back then, but he's saying that very few, scarcely anyone is saved. So these are important words. We need to, uh, we need to meditate upon them and take heed to them for sure. Now, here's another one. Quote, meditate on the horrors of hell, which will last an eternity because of one easily committed mortal sin. Try hard to be among the few who are chosen. Think of the eternal flames of hell and how few there are that are saved. End quote from St. Benedict Joseph Labray. The reality of hell is difficult to comprehend and certainly can be difficult to talk about, no question. Now, we truly live in a world where ideologies and the wisdom of this world says we can build a utopian heaven on earth without Jesus Christ. But back to the words of the Venerable Archbishop Sheen, where there are really only two kingdoms in this life, and you belong to one or the other. You either belong to the kingdom of Satan and darkness or the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the true light of the world. You can't sit on the fence and be lukewarm. As our Lord says, those who are neither hot nor cold, he would vomit out of his mouth. Sometimes we need a wake-up call to remind us of this mission that we're on. The journey is the absolute most difficult thing we'll ever do in this life, that journey to eternal life. And the hour of our death is going to be the final struggle between eternity in heaven for our souls or eternity in hell. And this is where Satan and his minions will bombard us with accusations. Remember, Satan is the great accuser. And also with despair to take one last attempt to take our souls away from the mercy of Jesus Christ. So what we do now in this time on earth will prepare us for that final showdown where everything will be on the line. And of course, the saints of our church who have got gone before us and are now interceding for us at the throne of God have left us many words of hope and encouragement. And also, whenever we say the Hail Mary, we also remember that the Blessed Virgin Mary is there now and at the hour of our death, always there for us always interceding for those, her children, that call on her to intercede for us at the throne of God. And of course, Jesus, why wouldn't he listen to his mother? Here's some beautiful words from our Lord Jesus Christ to St. Faustina, one of our more recent saints. Jesus says, quote, Urge all souls to trust in the unfathomable abyss of my mercy, because I want to save them all. 
On the cross, the fountain of my mercy was opened wide with a lance for all souls. No one have I excluded, end quote. You know, I was uh, recently, oh, I got really sick actually in the last, uh, last month or so uh, in, with uh, an illness. And, um, you know, it was okay. I wasn't like in the hospital or anything like that, but I was quite sick. I had, had a pretty bad flu and uh, kind of went around our house. But, you know, when you get sick, it's really a time of grace to encounter God and ask him to reveal his will for our lives. You know, when you're sick, you can't really go anywhere. You're in bed recovering and God loves us so much that he encounters us when we're in a vulnerable physical and spiritual state to draw us closer to him in our suffering. And we can't let those opportunities pass us by. Encourage your kids and grandkids to offer up their illnesses and inconveniences for the souls in purgatory and for the conversion of poor sinners on earth. There's a great power in offering our sufferings to Jesus particularly when it comes from children and adults living in a state of grace. I took to reading the diary of St. Faustina, and one devotion I picked up was this prayer. And uh, there are some variations of this prayer, but this is what I say as a brief arrow prayer uh, that we can pray throughout the day. Just, you know, when you think about it, it's just like the, the simple prayer, even just saying, Jesus, I love you, or Jesus, I trust in you. But this is the one prayer that I picked up out of uh, St. Faustina's diary. And it goes, O blood and water, which poured forth from the side of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us. I place my trust in you. So, uh, you know, I encourage you to say often throughout the day, bring yourself to Calvary and meditate on the suffering of Jesus Christ and the mercy with which he has for all who come to him in humility and with a firm purpose of amendment. Uh, and particularly say that at the during the hour of 3 o'clock p.m., that's the hour of great mercy, uh, that's the hour, three o'clock is when uh, the church teaches that, that our Lord died on the cross. And uh, that is when uh, the, this fount of mercy that, that's talked about in St. Faustina's diary, these, um, uh, Jesus speaking to her. And uh, it's uh, so important that we keep that in mind during that hour. And if you can say the, uh, the Divine Mercy Chaplet during that hour, that's even better. So uh, just something to, uh, to keep handy with you and uh, just say those little prayers throughout the day whatever it is it's so important to always bring ourselves in the presence of Jesus Christ and say those prayers we had a great chat with author and radio host David L. Gray back in episode 46 and the message of that particular episode was why the cross of Jesus Christ should be enough for us I just really love that message from David and I uh, was real happy to share it with you and I love that message and it ties in very well to this quote by our friend St. Charles Borromeo, once again, making an appearance on our podcast. Quote, Behold Jesus Christ crucified, who is the only foundation of our hope. He is mediator and advocate, the victim and sacrifice for our sins. He is goodness and patience itself. His mercy is moved by the tears of sinners, and he never refuses pardon and grace to those who ask it with a truly contrite and humbled heart. End quote. And when we go to confession, that is the disposition that we need to have when we're going into the confessional. That humility and uh, true contrition for our sins and a firm purpose of amendment to never sin again. So what is something that legitimately really scares you? Well, I'll tell you what scares me and I not many things scare me to be honest with you, but this is one thing that does scare me as I mature in my faith. And I will say that my biggest fear is to die 
without the last rites and the sacraments of the church. So I want to briefly touch on this uh, incredibly sad and really a disturbing story about uh, one of the members of parliament from Great Britain. His name is uh, Sir David Amos, and he was murdered in a terrorist attack earlier uh, in October as we uh, record this. According to reports, uh, the the murderer was a British-born man who was an Islamic extremist. And um, boy, back to those problems again. Uh, sad to see that kind of thing happen, but we do need to call it out when it happens. Uh, not to be scared of, of confronting it, but calling it out for what it is. So shortly after noon on this day that, uh, that Sir David had uh, meetings with his constituents, uh, there was a, a name for it, I believe they call it a constituency surgery in uh, in Britain. But all that means is that not, not nothing to do with a hospital or anything like that. It just means an opportunity for uh, the people that are living in his constituency to have one-on-one meetings with him. And I guess they do this throughout uh, throughout Great Britain. And, and uh, it's uh, just a way for politicians to connect with their constituents. So uh, shortly after 12 noon, this man stabbed Sir David several times, uh, just right in front of his aides and staff. They did call police who arrived swiftly, arrested the man. And and here's um, kind of the strange and diabolical twist to this whole thing. The report says the man made no attempt to flee the scene and was uh, basically captured and reprimanded, uh, calmly sitting next to Amos's body when they found him. So that's pretty unsettling. Um, Sir David was uh, not pronounced dead right away, though. Uh, paramedics and officers tried sadly in vain to save him, but were unsuccessful. Now, word got out very fast uh, in the media that Sir David was a practicing Catholic, and although I don't know everything about his personal or political life, he appeared to be someone who was really trying his best to live out his Catholic faith in the public square. He was known widely as a social conservative who was passionate about pro-life issues, uh, the Catholic view of marriage that he was trying to uphold in, uh, in a secular society, and also animal welfare, so all really good things. The local parish priest heard about the events that were unfolding and went to the scene to administer the last rites to Sir David. So that's a good priest right there on the ball. And, uh, you know, priests are just so important to us and for him to, to go to the scene to see what he could do for the... Um, the spiritual benefit of Sir David was was beautiful. But that's where the police stopped him, saying that it was an active crime scene. So if you have any idea of what last rites means to a dying Catholic, you'd know this is uh, most unsettling. I'd like to give the police the benefit of the doubt, but I think the root of this goes back to the lack of belief and understanding of the afterlife. Death is the birth into eternal life, and What we do with this short time on earth is a mere drop in the ocean compared to eternity. So even if Sir David was unresponsive, we really don't know when the exact moment is that the soul leaves the body. Now, I really give uh, the priest a lot of credit. His name is Father David Wolnoff, I believe, is how you pronounce his last name. Uh, He couldn't administer the sacraments in the last rites, so he immediately appealed to parishioners to pray the rosary. And he said he, if he couldn't get in himself, then the Blessed Virgin Mary would have to go in there and be with Sir, Sir David. And uh, yeah, how awesome and beautiful is that? So let's say a prayer right now for Sir David Amos and his family uh, during this time of grief. And uh, really pray that our Lord has mercy on his soul during his judgment. Uh, let's pray eternal rest grant unto Sir David, O Lord. 
Let perpetual light shine upon him. May he and all the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. Before we talk about the importance of priests and uh, and how they administer the sacraments to us and how important they are at the moment of, of death and, and administering the last rites, I want to go to, again, the uh, the Didache Bible that I picked up uh, several years ago. It's got commentary based on the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's the Ignatius Bible Edition. Uh, I got it from uh, the Catholic Answers website and I just really, really love this Bible because... Um, uh, there's uh, inserts throughout the uh, the scriptures um, that have apologetic explanations for various different uh, subjects and topics. And one of them here is the moment of death. And this is uh, on page 629 if you have the same Bible and want to follow along. But the question is, what happens when we die? And uh, there's, a, there's a great verse here from Hebrews, uh, from St. Saint, Saint Paul's letter to the Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 27 through 28. Just as it is appointed for men to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. So it goes on to say, uh, in this apologetic explanation, at the moment of death, the immortal soul separates from the mortal body. And every person undergoes the particular judgment in which Christ immediately judges the person for the choices and actions he or she made in life and whether or not he or she has died in God's grace and friendship. So based on that judgment, the soul immediately enters the state of heaven, hell, or purgatory. So again, the the four last things, uh, the moment of death, we're going to be uh, going through an exit interview with our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the last rites are so important because the the dying soul not only receives uh, the uh, the apostolic pardon from the Holy Father on behalf, the, the priest does on behalf of the Holy Father and on behalf of the church. If they're still conscious, they can still receive communion. And uh, that is called viaticum. That's something else that's covered and we've covered before, but I'm sure we'll cover again someday. Uh, but that is uh, receiving um, the Eucharist and the body of Christ in order to, um, it's it's basically for the journey, for the journey into the afterlife. And uh, what better way to go to the afterlife than having the body of Jesus uh, inside of you, in your body, and in your soul too. It's just uh, really, uh, yeah, it's just uh, that's such a, a beautiful gift to receive for someone that's dying. And uh, we go back to the, the four last things and something that's very important that we meditate on. And uh, when we get before the judgment throne of Jesus, which everyone will have to go through, um, Jesus is going to go through every part of our life, everything that we've ever done. So it's, uh, uh, and now's the time to think about that. Don't get overwhelmed by it. This is something that we can prepare for right now. And we can make make straight the ways of our lives so that When we have that encounter with Christ, we will be in friendship with him. Now, the souls of those who have responded to God's gift of salvation die in a state of grace, but need the remission of the temporal punishments due to the sins that result from an unhealthy attachment to created goods. The soul must be purified before entering heaven. This purification after death is called purgatory. By purifying us of all imperfections, we can enter his presence in heaven. 
God shows not only his justice, but also his great love and mercy. And uh, purgatory is really a gift for us uh, as Catholics and for, for all people of, of goodwill. Um, you know, if you're not a Catholic and you're listening, you're probably asking some questions about purgatory and uh, would probably be something we could cover on a, on a separate podcast. There's a lot of great information out there if you wish to learn more about purgatory and you can't wait for that next podcast when we do it. But um, as that uh, apologetic explanation says, it's really a gift to us because we n- nothing unclean shall enter the kingdom of heaven. This is a time of purification where any attachments to things of this earth, uh, any of the uh, the effects of our, our sins that uh, still have a stain on our souls, it can be purified so that we can enter into heaven and um, be perfectly clean for that encounter with, with Jesus in heaven. So just as the blessed will enjoy eternal love and joy, those who have rejected God will suffer eternal hatred and unhappiness in hell. All souls in hell suffer the loss of eternal communion with God and punishment for sins committed on earth. This state of separation from God is eternal and there can be no repentance. So this is, of course, uh, a scary thought for, for us individually. And as we look throughout the world and see the state of the world right now, um, you know, it's uh, it, it should give us uh, uh, reason and urgency to pray, to pray for the conversion of sinners on earth. As we had some quotes from saints in the past, not many people get to heaven. It's, it is the, the long and narrow road, and there's not very many people on it. And uh, I grew up on the Baltimore Catechism with these great illustrations. And I encourage you to, to pick up a copy either online or from your local Catholic bookstore. It's only usually $20. And it's designed mostly for children, I'd say maybe for, for children that are, that are um, uh, starting to, to get their sacraments or their first communion. They go to confession the first time, definitely for children that are going to confirmation. But, uh, you know, us, us adults, sometimes when we get things that are uh, a little bit more simple and simplified, it, it just uh, seems to get our attention a little bit more. And we seem to recall and remember things a lot more. And the nice thing about that is they have a lot of illustrations to go along with the eternal truths of Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church. And one of them is that long and narrow journey to heaven. And it's not easy. It's a rocky road. But, uh, you know, the uh, the road to hell is uh, basically pavement. It's like a highway. It's a wide, easy road that leads to perdition. So, um, yeah, just something to think about and to uh, to maybe go and purchase. It, it's worth it. And like I said, it's it's really not that much money. It's a great investment for yourself and to share with your children. So back to priests and uh, how important it is to have priests. Support your priests, love your priests, and pray for your priests. You know, my friends, without priests administering the sacraments right from baptism to your last rites, we will perish. And perishing is a very serious thing. It's, it's a lot different than dying. We're all going to die, but we're not all going to perish. The people that perish, they don't go to heaven. And as we read about earlier with the moment of death and what the Catholic Church preaches and what other great saints have said, hell is a real place. And, uh, you know, there's, there's this, I say it's like a, it's a heresy of uh, universal salvation. Uh, you know, it's preached in, in some other congregations that identify themselves as, as Christian, but unfortunately it's kind of sneaking into certain circles of the Catholic Church as well. 
Uh, it is a heresy. It is definitely not a Catholic doctrine or a Catholic thought whatsoever. But the thought that hell is somehow empty or there's not very many souls there, uh, there is plenty of evidence uh, that one day we'll go through as well to suggest uh, completely otherwise. And heaven is difficult. It's, it is the long and narrow road. And um, it's not something that we can just decide today and say a, a sinner's prayer or something very brief to, to give ourselves to God, even though we need to do that every day. But, uh, you know, choosing salvation and going to heaven, it's not something that's just one choice. It's This is, uh, this is a marathon, not a sprint to eternal life. It is indeed a marathon. It's a long journey. And again, we need priests, we need grace, and uh, we need to live our lives devoutly right now in order to prepare us for that last hour of our lives. You know, I stumbled on this great, um, uh, this beautiful excerpt from Pope Pius XII. Uh, it's an encyclical called Mediator Day, and it was back in the 1940s, and it's, it's about priests, and I, I really wanted to, to share this with you. So uh, the Pope says here in this encyclical, quote, In the same way, actually, that baptism is the distinctive mark of all Christians and serves to differentiate from those who have not been cleansed in this purifying stream and consequently are not members of Christ, the sacrament of holy orders sets the priest apart from the rest of the faithful who have not received this consecration. For they alone, in answer to an inward supernatural call, have entered the August ministry, where they are assigned to service in the sanctuary and become, as it were, the instruments of God uses to communicate the supernatural life from on high to the mystical body of Jesus Christ. Add to this, as we have noted above, the fact that they alone have been marked with the indelible sign conforming them to Christ the priest, and that their hands alone have been consecrated in order that whatever they bless may be blessed, Whatever they consecrate may become sacred and holy in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let all then who would live in Christ flock to their priests. By them we will be supplied with the comforts and food of the spiritual life. From them they will procure the medicine of salvation, assuring their cure and happy recovery from the fatal sickness of their sins. The priest, finally, will bless their homes consecrate their families and help them as they breathe their last across the threshold of eternal happiness, end quote. Well, thanks for listening to the Catholic Canuck podcast, everyone. And remember to go to Mass, if at all possible, on November 1st and or November 2nd and take a few minutes to remember all of your family members that have passed away, particularly your parents and grandparents and uh, so many of them have planted the uh, the seeds of faith so deep in our soul and uh, they may have passed, but uh, you know whether they're in heaven or purgatory, we, we certainly need to assume they're in purgatory and we got to get away from these funerals where we're canonizing everybody. That's the most uncharitable thing we could possibly do. We really don't know the state of the souls of people that did. And maybe they did leave a, whole, a holy life and a great example of holiness, but we don't really truly know the the soul of, of everyone. And uh, that's why we need to keep praying for them just to make sure they're um, you know still in purgatory. They need our help. They can't help themselves in purgatory. 
But once they get out of purgatory and they enter the church triumphant in heaven, they will pray for us and intercede for us. Uh, the holy souls love us and they, will, uh, they won't let us down. They remember the people that helped them on earth when the church militant helps them uh, when they're a part of the church suffering in purgatory. So also think this year, maybe um, in the past 12 months, think of family, friends, even parishioners that have passed away and offer them up in prayer and have some masses said for their souls. You know, I've seen this before and I've mentioned it before that so many members of our, our church community that I've known, when you read their obituaries, there's very little uh, mention of, uh, sometimes there's not even a, uh, a Catholic burial. It's It's scary and I'm sure that they're, wishes were that there was a Catholic burial, but some of their their children and family members, uh, they've lost their faith, so they don't even take it seriously. And it's uh, it's really sad and, and scary to see for me. So, um, you know, especially if you see that, but uh, uh, at any time, pray for your parishioners too that uh, may have influenced you when you see them at church by their lives. And uh, that's such a, a noble and just thing to do and a very charitable thing to do. And also take some time in prayer to meditate on heaven. I know we talked about some pretty heavy stuff in this episode, but think about heaven, the beatific vision. And in heaven, every tear will be wiped away. And you're going to be in the presence of the King, Jesus, and his mother, Mary, all the saints for eternity. Think of your family members, your friends. Um, and make this day uh this day that we're talking, that you hear this podcast, make this day the day that you commit, you recommit your life to the narrow road and pray for the grace to recognize every encounter as an opportunity to share the gospel to this world and win souls for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And keep in mind also that uh, on All Hallows Eve, if you wish to prolong your stay on earth a little longer, please avoid the consumption of too much candy corn. I'm amazed and, you know, I'm, I'm actually a little embarrassed at how much candy corn I used to eat at Halloween. I think you know the candies I'm talking about, right? The orange ones with the white tips. And uh, I, I'm trying to think of anything that's even remotely redeemable about this material that is made uh, pretty much exclusively of sugar and carnauba wax. Uh, the latter of which is the prime ingredient uh, for waxing and car detailing. So, uh, But to each their own, here's a word to the wise from me. Definitely do not eat the imported candy mini cheeseburgers in those little bags either. That's that's even a worse idea. Uh, if you're interested in sending me a care package, uh, my favorite Halloween treats are peanut butter cups and mini Snickers bars. So celebrate the feast days with a sweet treat or three and remember the humility and cheerfulness of St. Philip Neri. Um, he's the patron saint of humor and of comedians, I believe, as well. And uh, he was also uh, very well known for his humility. But he said, quote, Christian joy is a gift of God flowing from a good conscience, end quote. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe, drop a review of this podcast on Apple and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your fine podcasts. And pray for those who are suffering and anxious in this world today. Let's fight for freedom and liberty in this face of evil tyranny in our world. Be brave. Do something, my friends. And we're all called to be saints, everyone. So how do we do that? We got to go to confession at least three times every year. 
every advent, every Lent, and any time you are in a state of mortal sin, don't even spend a second of your life there. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. God bless. We'll chat with you very soon.